0: I'm Carolyn Lobsinger. I'm one of the people who make the 7B podcast. You may recognize my name from the various stories I've written for the Bonner County Daily Bee. Every day, the team of the Daily Bee works reporting on stories in our community. Each story is the result of hours spent interviewing, writing, and rewriting to keep our readers and our listeners informed. If you'd like to help us continue to provide quality local journalism, the best thing you can do is become a subscriber of the Daily Bee. If you've already done that, thank you. If you haven't yet subscribed, you can do so by calling us at 208-263-9534 or go online to BonnerCountyDailyBee.com. Now on to our podcast. There's no doubt about it. 2021 was a crazy year. In some ways, it seems like it went by in just a blink, but in others, it seems like it lasted forever, that nothing happened, but that everything happened. The end of one year and the start of another led the staff of the Daily Bee to reflect on what did happen from the continuing global pandemic to growth and workforce housing concerns to the long and devastating fire season. There's a lot of news that happened in 2021, looking back. Come along for a conversation about some of the year's top stories. First, let's talk about the pandemic. Even after two years or so, it continued to be a major story, both in the region and the state, from COVID restrictions, to anti-mandate resolutions, to protests, to implementation of crisis standards of care. There are few areas in which the pandemic didn't dominate the news and dominate our lives. Among some of the stories folded into that larger issue was a move by Bonner County Commissioners to approve an anti-mandate resolution, warning that the county would do everything in its legal power to reject any kind of mandate. Supporters said the move was necessary to protect against overreach by federal and state officials. Critics said the move was merely political pandering by the commissioners toward their political base. COVID restrictions implemented by Governor Brad Little prompted a backlash among legislators who criticized them as a power grab. It eventually led to efforts to try and unwind those declarations and restrictions which would be vetoed by Governor Little. You had mass mandates on the local health district level and library districts, prompting protests at everything from council to school board to library meetings. Federal vaccination and testing rules would prompt lawsuits, including by Idaho, which said the federal government had no say over what officials said was a state issue. The benches resulted in a special session by the Idaho legislature in mid-November on vaccination mandates to combat an executive order made by the Biden administration in early September. The order caused state officials to send a letter to Biden threatening legal action. Another story related to the pandemic was a survey issued by WalletHub, a finance website, which rated Idaho as being the worst in the nation for COVID safety. Idaho received just 5.34 points in the survey. The next lowest was West Virginia, which received 12.2 points. On the other end of the spectrum, Connecticut received 92 points and Massachusetts had 89 points. Wallet Hub's results were based on the rates of COVID transmission, positive testing, hospitalizations and deaths, and the share of the eligible population getting vaccinated. Among other stories connected to the pandemic was implementation of crisis standards of care. Another story connected to the pandemic was the implementation of crisis standards of care. As COVID cases spiked in the fall, hospitals were forced to decide who they treated, how they treated patients, when they treated patients, when they treated patients, who might be given care. It wasn't until the end of the year that crisis standards were lifted as COVID case numbers began to decline. However, the Omicron variant was just beginning to make its presence felt like COVID, growth and a whole host of associated issues dominated the headlines in 2021. While a massive influx of new residents helped boost the economy with Idaho ranking near the top of the nation in terms of job recovery and employment, the flip side of that growth led to a higher cost of living, higher rents and housing costs, a struggle to attract and keep employees, and businesses limiting their hours and days of operation. The growth resulted in the creation of a number of groups, from a coalition encompassing people from throughout North Idaho to those closer to home in Project 7B, aiming to encourage public involvement and facilitate planning based on shared local values and keep Bonner County rural, which aims to restrict urban sprawl, keep urban density low, and reduce unbridled growth in the community. As part of that move, KBCR sought an amendment to the county's land use regulations in late November in an attempt to preserve current zoning designation. Need for workforce housing, prompted by rising rents and limited availability, led Lighthouse Foods to ask the city to allow the food products company to change zoning of a site it owned from industrial to multifamily zoning. The request would be rejected by the council, which said it couldn't sign off on the plan because the city hadn't yet done a land use study to determine how much industrial, commercial, and residential land would be needed. In July, the Bonner County Community Housing Agency sought to create a new kind of housing and sampling for middle-class families who were being priced out of their homes. The plan meant that instead of building houses for what the market would bear, planners would attempt to reverse engineer housing based on incomes and the goals of landlords and employers. The growth also prompted calls on county officials to reject proposed subdivisions in the Selle Valley and Clagstone areas, as well as on Camp Bay Road. Development's residents said went against the county's rural character that too much is being given away to developers at the expense of ordinary citizens another growth related story another growth related story involves Schweitzer purchasing the former huckleberry retirement center goal was to turn the property into housing for winter and summer seasonal staff like the pandemic and growth the fire season would prove to be a story throughout the year from the Lee Fire in Coolant in early May to the Trestle Creek Complex near Hope in July, the fire season was long and devastating. A lightning storm in early July would prove catastrophic, causing dozens of fire in North Idaho and just over the border in western Montana. The hot weather and location of the fires and challenging terrain hampered firefighters' efforts and resulted in Governor Brad Little's calling up on the National Guard to assist firefighting efforts. Some, like the Trestle Creek Fire near Hope and the Pioneer Fire near Priest River, resulted in evacuation orders for area residents. Type three fire crews were rotated in and out in an effort to help with the fires, several coming to the area more than once. Crews worked long and hard to keep the fires from spreading and to protect residences and private lands. And it wouldn't be until late August that fire restriction in North Idaho would be lifted when rainfalls and cooler temperatures lowered fire dangers. By the time the fall rains and winter snows came and ended the fire season, the State Line Complex, the Tressa Creek Complex, and the Character Complex fires in North Idaho would burn tens of thousands of acres and cause the evacuations of hundreds of residents. What the damage and impacts of those fires remains to be seen, but it's clear that the fire season from 2021 won't be forgotten anytime soon. Also making the headlines was a decision in a pair of gun ban lawsuits. The city standpoint and the festival standpoint prevailed in the cases that had been filed in connection to a gun ban at Memorial Field during the summer music series. A first district judge granted summary judgment for the city and the festival in early June, denying the request by plaintiff Scott Herndon, Jeff Avery, the Idaho Second Amendment Alliance, and the Second Amendment Foundation, Incorporated. The decision marked the second lawsuit decided in favor of the city and the festival regarding the gun ban. In the first, Haynes had concluded that Bonner County Sheriff Darrell Wheeler and Bonner County lacked standing in the case. He ruled that plaintiffs' claims that their Second Amendment rights were violated was unwarranted, and the claims the festival acted as an agent of the city were unfounded. Another story making headlines was the arrest of a Bonner County man, James David Russell, on First-degree murder and cannibalism, the first such charge in the state's history. After Bonacan Sheriff's deputies were notified of a possible murder on Lower Mosquito Road, the victim was found upside down in the passenger seat of a truck unresponsive. Authorities contend pieces of the man's body were found upon searching Russell's residence the day after the murder. However, court proceedings in the case had been paused after Russell was found unfit to stand trial and was ordered into the Idaho Security Medical Program. Also making headlines was the state's redistricting process. Since the bipartisan Idaho Commission for Reapportionment voted unanimously in early November to approve a new legislative map and four to in favor of a new congressional map, several legal challenges have been filed in the case. The lawsuits contend the maps are unconstitutional because they split up more counties than necessary. If approved, all of Boundary County and most of Bonner County would remain in District 1 in the legislative map. A southwestern portion of Bonner County, encompassing the Spirit Lake and Blanchard areas, will be moved into a new District 2. In another story, the big lie turned out to be a bust as a partial manual recount of Bonner County votes in early October proved that the election was executed with both integrity and accuracy, with officials finding only a roughly 0.1% margin of error across Bonner County, Butte, and Camas counties, which were also recounted. The investigation was prompted by citizen submissions of a spreadsheet and website linked to My Pillow founder, Mike Lindell, called the big lie. In another story, the water adjudication process began in the county as the Idaho Department of Water Resources began notifying property owners that it's time to start submitting their water rights claims. The notifications are the first step in the next phase of Idaho's water adjudication process. The process enables existing water users to claim quantities and priority dates for their water rights and have them recognized by an Idaho court decree. Confirming the priority date matters because in times of water scarcity, water users first in line are first in right. So far, the department has sent out more than 5,000 notices. A pair of murder sentencings also made the headlines in 2021. In the first, Judith Marie Carpenter was sentenced to second-degree murder in early June after accepting a plea deal in the murder of former Hope City Clerk Shirley Ramey. Ramey had been found shot to death inside her home in the Trestle Creek drainage area in April 2017. Investigators broke the case using the capture and comparison of ballistics evidence. In the case, Carpenter was sentenced to 15 years to life. In the second case, a former Barnard County man was indicted for the strangulation of Tammy Ray Bristow, who had been found murdered in the South Sandpoint apartment in January 1987. William Ray Acosta was sentenced to life in prison after he entered an Alford plea to amend the charge of second-degree murder following mediation to resolve the 34-year-old cold case. Acosta had been indicted by Barnard County Grand Jury on the charge of first-degree murder in 2019 after he was linked to the killing through DNA evidence. Acosta, 51, will have to serve 20 years of the sentence before he can be considered for parole. A plan to make the Lakeshore Drive and US-95 intersection safer also made lists of top stories. Approved by the Idaho Transportation Board in early March, funding for the project filed in mid-May as part of House Bill 362, which directed 80 million in ongoing funding for transportation infrastructure projects statewide. The plan first suggested by Bonner County Road and Bridge officials calls for a combination of acceleration lanes and U-turns, as well as a traffic light in Sago Road. An education initiative also made the headlines. Chair of State Lawrence Denny approved a signature drive in June for a ballot initiative that aims to increase K-12 funding by over $200 million. The ballot initiative, dubbed the Quality Education Act, will be paid for a tax increase by corporations and Idahoans making over $250,000 a year, according to reclaim Idaho officials, which is behind the initiative. The initiative of DRIVE follows a unanimous Idaho Supreme Court ruling, rejecting a new law by the Idaho legislature that had been designed to make it harder for voters to get initiatives on the ballot. In ruling really to overturn the legislation, the court ruled the bill was so restrictive that it violated a fundamental right to propose initiatives that is guaranteed under the state's constitution. The August 23rd ruling was a win for Reclaim Idaho, a group that successfully sponsored a Medicaid expansion initiative three years ago. The original Sandpoint City Hall Bell's Journey Home is a tale 70 years in the making and also one of the top stories of the year. Sold in 1951 when Sandpoint City fathers felt the bell was no longer needed, it had been purchased by a bell collector and carted out of town. Its existence faded from the memory of most, and it wasn't until Music Conservatory of Soundpoint board members began a search that the bell was eventually located in the Spokane Valley. After conversations with MCS, which had purchased the old city hall, and museum officials, the owner agreed to sell the bell to the conservatory and returned home in early June. Another story making the headlines were concerns raised over boundary line adjustments in the Kulin area. The Selkirk Conservation Alliance had raised questions over potential legality of boundary line adjustments connected to a possible development owned by Tricor investments in the Kulin wetlands. The area was previously in a property dispute between basketball legend John Stockton and a business partner against Tricor. The land was awarded to Tricor in April after the Idaho Supreme Court affirmed the lower court ruling that the company held a valid and enforceable contract. It also affirmed the district court's ruling that the property owners violated the Idaho Consumer Protection Act and that Stockton and his business partner, Mark Brinkmeyer unlawfully interfered with Tricor's contracts. However, South Kirk Conservation Alliance officials raised questions prompted in large part by Bonner County planner Milton Olerton's decision to administratively approve 27 boundary line adjustments, which created 54 parcels in order to create a 20 acre plus exempt parcel. Other stories of note in 2021 include the sentencing of Bonner County midwife Denise Midstoke to 30 days in jail as part of a plea deal on a charge of practicing medicine without a license in connection to the death of a newborn baby in January. Ms. Stoke was originally facing charges of involuntary manslaughter and destruction of evidence. She's been sentenced to five years of supervised probation and was ordered to divest from the midwifery and will no longer be able to provide medical services or advice of any kind. Another story, a complaint filed in mid-July, alleges the Lake Pend School District failed to adequately address Title concerns for female athletes. The complaint alleges that requirements were not met in the specified time frames and claims the district failed to work to resolve inequities between boys and girls sports. Another story making the headlines, two decades after Point adopted the state's first human dignity resolution, it celebrated another milestone, the first pride celebration in the state's history. The inaugural event drew hundreds of people of all ages, genders, and sexual identities, with some driving as far away from Missoula, and Spokane, to attend. The celebration also attracted a small band of protesters who held signs urging LGBTQ+ people to repent and offering to pray with them. Another story making the headlines was news that a pair of Bonner County residents filed to seek the governor's seat. In July, Bonner County Commissioner Steve Bradshaw announced his plans to seek the governor's seat on the Republican ticket. And in early November, Sandpoint Mayor Shelby Ronson announced his bid for governor on the Democrat ticket. And in the final story making the headlines for 2021 was a complaint filed by four regional Human Rights Task Force boards that brought North Idaho College's accreditation eligibility into question. The complaint dated in mid-March was sent to the Northwest Commission on Colleges and University in the Civil Rights Division of the U.S. Justice Department and demanded a full investigation of the institution's leadership. The document was signed by the Kootenai, Bonner, Boundary and Spokane Human Rights Task Forces. The groups contend that NIC, more specifically members of the NIC Board of Trustees, violated the civil rights and liberties of employees and students. You've been listening to the 7B Podcast. Thanks for joining us, and remember to check back next Monday to hear the latest news and stories that are happening in our community.